you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL Podcast. Always wear sunscreen outdoors. Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis. Here in Los Angeles on the day before Independence Day, when, yes, you should absolutely be wearing your sunscreen. Skin health, people. Get it. Joining me, just one other man today. Mark Sessler is doing whatever Mark Sessler does when he's on vacation. But here, a man... Not in America, but in the Orient, Mm. the Far East. A man who went dark last week as he became one with the culture Mm. of Tokyo, the great metropolis of the East. But now here he is, contributing to the West, Greg Rosenthal. I feel like we gotta update this uh, music, uh, but I I appreciate it. I have become one with the culture here, but um, these colors don't run, Dan. And uh, some might say I'm the most American, the most patriotic of any American, because I've been celebrating for seven hours. It's already Fourth of July here. <laughs> I woke up at midnight. I've just been, you know, watching WWE since for the last seven hours. I'm I'm for, already ahead of you in my 4th of July celebration. For people listening, you would think that Greg wouldn't be in a totally white room in a gray polo <laughs> shirt. He's actually dressed like Apollo Creed before the Drago fight. That's how pe- patriotic Greg Rosenthal is. What you, is there something wrong with this song? Is this, you said it is outdated? No, I don't know. It's just, you know, it is very, um, it's very traditional Japanese. We, we could get some J-pop or something. Now this, this reminds me, I, the most Japanese I ever feel on these trips is we go to the onsen, which is like a it's like a hotel but with hot springs. So you go in the bath there. You go in the hot spring baths. And you get out of the hot spring baths and you put on your robe 
and you're walk and you're just totally at peace at that point. You've been blasted by hot water for a half hour. You're just, you're just as chill as can be. And when you're walking in the hallway back to your room in your yukata in the robe, they are playing music kind of like this. And I'm like, this is about as Japanese as it gets. Are you um, how to approach this? Are are you? the only Westerner that's there? Are you the only white guy that's walking through these hallways? Do you get looks? Like, are you accepted there? Uh, well, they don't, not a lot of English speakers. Um, and it's kind of a, a unwritten rule. You don't, you don't speak in these, in the baths anyways, because everyone's naked. It's right. not like a talking, talking kind of place. But to answer your question, yes, I'm usually the only Westerner. Very often it's uh, not crowded at all. There's barely anyone there. Uh, but uh, last weekend, actually, it, it was, it was quite crowded. And I was getting a lot of looks, but I think that was because of my awkward tattoo covers I had to put over my, my shoulder. I don't why know. Did, that, maybe that was in my head, but yeah. Why did you have to cover your tattoos? Well, they, they, they have signs everywhere that you're not allowed to ha- go in with, with tattoos. It's like an old Yakuza thing. But supposedly it's it's more if wow. you put the effort to put it over, that's enough. It's more the, the thought that counts. And you're not supposed to have the full body, like I'm in the mob um, Yakuza stuff, which I do not have. Holy God. So. Based on my knowledge of uh, the culture of Japan, which is based on like six movies uh, and a TV show, um, it is very important to bring great respect to things. And it's also, it's very easy to bring great shame upon things. And you want to avoid bringing great shame upon family and you want to bring great respect. So a tattoo brings great shame upon the Emika family to see uh, Greg walking around with the ink that would be no respect, shame. So that's why you put the cover on. I mean, I don't really go down with her, with her father, uh, my father-in-law, anyway. So I don't know if he's if he's seen it too much. Walker's there too, though, uh, often my son. So uh, I'm not the only, I'm not the only white guy. I mean, while and, we're uh, here, you're yeah. you're a not <laughs> practicing, but you're a Jewish man, and you're not allowed to be buried in a Jewish cemetery either with tattoos. I mean, you break so many rules, Greg. That's why you're the bad boy of the West. That's why they call you that. <laughs> I is that a I didn't even know that's a Jewish rule, but um, what? Yeah, I'm I'm bridging barriers here, <laughs> bridging boundaries. You're a bad. What boy, are you doing man. for the fourth? You, you're back in El Segundo. I'm I got yeah. This is this is you know very, you know hot dogs, hamburgers, apple pie, fireworks, swimming pool. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice to be with the family, uh, my wife and uh, two boys. They did a little extra time in Texas. I was home alone, which was nice for five days, but then you miss, you miss things. Uh, so the family's back together as of this morning. And uh, Harrison is opening up a lemonade stand uh, in our driveway. And I, um, I spent much of my last day here uh, helping like to build and paint this lemonade stand for Harrison. Mm. So tomorrow will be a big day of commerce. That's a big moment in every kid's life. Well, not yeah. every kid. I never did it. I'm probably too lazy to have my kids do it, but maybe we'll do it. He's agreed to give half of his earnings to homeless people is how he put it. Half to homeless okay. people. And I said, all right, half, okay. How about how about all of it? He's like, no, not all of it. <laughs> okay, half. Um, it is July 3rd. This is our last show for a week and a half. Uh, so uh, we're going to get you, there's not much to catch you up on, if you're listening to the show, we're part of your routine uh, and you're a fan of our work. So we really appreciate you because 
typically this is when the NFL, despite, and this is where Mark would chime in, Greg, despite all its efforts, which are enormous, uh, the NFL cannot figure out how to crack this time of year right now. Uh, and despite the gains it's made in March, February, April, May, June, it has not figured out July, at least the first three weeks. So it's pretty quiet. No, this is nice. I I often this time of year, and there, it annoys them, I bet, that the NBA has a nice little time of year. I often, this time of year, I'm just happy I'm not an NBA reporter who goes from the NBA finals right to the draft, right to free agency, which is a wild whirlwind. But that's but what that's we do. Now. There's nothing going on. Yeah. But I mean, they do it like week. Like the draft is the next week after the finals and free agency is the next week. There's no break at all. They like smash it up all together. The NFL has a nice way of just stretching it out and never losing your interest. But yeah, by the time we're back uh, next week, we're, we're almost almost feeling all the way back and we'll, we'll have some news and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, so today we'll, uh, yeah, whatever news is floating around, we're going to get. Also, yes, with uh, the 4th of July um upon us uh we are going to talk about things that we're feeling patriotic about in the nfl a little bit nebulous uh but we'll make it work or we won't and then the next day will come and everybody will forget that this podcast ever existed i feel like we're in a good pocket here greg i feel like this is going to be a fun segment and i think you know we talk about the downside sometimes of this job here that we, we should have a lot of pride in the, in the NFNL, this sport that we cover. Uh, and people, I, I look at the, I look at the, you know, the downloads. People listen to these episodes just as much as any other time of year. So we, we love the people. Uh, absolutely. We do love the people. Let's hit the news. All I know is you mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know. Greg, does that bring back any memories for you? Because it certainly did for me when I stumbled upon it about 48 minutes ago. Um, specifically, that clip? No. I want to say, and longtime listeners of the show will probably be able to back me up on this, that was one of the earlier like kind of drops that had a lot of legs on mm. our show. Because uh, when ATN first started in 2013, that's when J.J. Watt ruled the world. And uh, it just so happens, Greggy, that I... Um, in looking for a drop that tied into our first news story, which is J.J. Watt is joining CBS uh, as he begins his post-playing days, um, another career, I fell uh, down a wormhole watching, I don't know if NFL Network still airs the show, but it's a great show, mic'd up. I don't know if it's still like a program on our schedule, but it's still, think, you know. In, I think it is, actually. Okay, good. Watch it. Look it up in your local listings. Um this J.J. Watt, the thing about mic'd up with any sport is you don't, you never know um, what you're going to get when you mic somebody up. And you hope the, the person not only is engaging and there's some good nugs to get on the audio side of things, but if you can get like a, a big-time performance from a player, mm. then you really hit it out of the park. So I'll always think about uh, that first drop you heard, week 13 – 2014 against the Tennessee Titans while with the Houston Texans. We're talking peak J.J. Watt. Uh, Eric behind the virtual glass, hit another one. What you got today, 10? You got some? Let's see. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you. Just make sure you got a good view. Get some popcorn. Maybe some jujubes. A slushy. Snow caps, perhaps. Maybe some snow caps. I don't know. 
You're going to want to be comfortable today. Watch the show. Watch the show. <laughs> so that's Watt during pregame stretching. And I always thought that Watt was kind of a fascinating figure. And it does tie into his, his post-playing career now. Where yeah, he's, He was undeniably a corny guy. Uh, and maybe the biggest cornball like in the league in some ways. Uh, but his play was so enormous. In that game, he had like three sacks, including a strip sack and a fumble recovery, a touchdown reception from Ryan Fitzpatrick, of all people. And uh, the way the way he's walking around and none of the guys are even really paying attention to him as he's saying this stuff. Uh, it was DeAndre but he knows Hopkins he's to start that. He chest bumped yeah. uh, a young DeAndre Hopkins to start that. A clip. very young. But that, I thought, captured uh, the Watt uh, vibe very nicely. Yeah, I... I feel like I think about Wes a lot when we talk JJ Watt because we were just, I think we were all fascinated by this guy. I've said it before on the show. I still think he's the best defensive player I've ever seen at when he was at his peak. I actually would still even take him over Aaron Donald. Maybe it was just more obvious when you were watching it. He was like the first guy that I just decided I would watch every single snap and it was always entertaining. Micah Parsons has gotten close, but peak Watt was better than anyone else. And, and Wes loved him. And Wes like a lot of guys who kind of made it about themselves had like a, a love hate thing where he hated the corny side of JJ Watt, but loved, loved the player. Uh, and he feels like uh, he's landing at the right place. JJ Watt he, at CBS. Uh, he, he, uh, he has landed at the right place. CBS is kind of where he should be. Here's the quote from Watt. I will be working on CBS this fall. Really a great opportunity. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to talking NFL with all you fans this fall. Interesting. He's 34 years old. He, he retired after a 12-year NFL career, wrapping it up in Arizona. Um, that run, Greg, and that was the 2014 season where I just played that from. I think you could argue, and there will be old heads who could point to Guys from way back in the day, of course, LT at his heights. That's another guy that you look at, Aaron Donald, more recently. Um, you know, that 2014, he finished second in the MVP vote. He finished uh, first in Defensive Player of the Year, first team All-Pro. He had uh, 20 and a half sacks, 29 tackles for lost, 51 QB hits. Uh, he was legitimately unblockable, and I'm with you that I think at least since we've been doing this show, I, I give him even the edge over Donald. And I don't know if that's, yeah, maybe unfair to Donald, but Watt to me was like the guy, the guy that could, he never disappeared and he was just a constant, constant menace. So I don't know if he'll be any good um, in the booth or on the set. In fact, I, it does make me a little nervous. Like he's joining that CBS team. There's just going to be a lot of stilted laughter, like a lot. But maybe he'll surprise us. You never know with these guys. Let's be real. We're, unless he has some viral clips, we will never watch that. Um, <laughs> we will never see what he has to say. And I'm always a little worried when it's like, yeah, I didn't want to like commit too much. He's just like flying in for like big games and playoffs, and just, you know, he's like a part-time studio guy with with Boomer and Bill Cower. So I don't I don't know if we're gonna get a lot of gems. It doesn't seem like he's going in all the way. But I remember writing those like MVP columns where I would like, you know, for, on NFL.com where you'd rank who are the top five candidates every week. And I was always pushing, like, if he doesn't win the MVP, no defensive player ever will or or should because he's just better than anyone. But he was also going up against peak, like, Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning seasons in, in two of his best seasons. So I, I get it why he didn't win. But he, he was as good as I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see it. I think uh, I think LT was the last defensive player, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to win MVP back in, I'm going to say, 86. Uh, Eric, maybe you got fact-check me on that one. Um, and if, if Watt couldn't do it during that run, 
I don't think anybody ever will. And there's just, you know, we did the the Superstar Club last week, Greg, and there are seven guys that I have in the in the club. And there's a, a decent chance, and there are certain guys like a Lamar Jackson, for example, Justin Herbert, who have a lot of work to do. But there's a chance like all seven of those guys could be in the Hall of Fame one day. So when you have that much quarterback talent in the league, yeah. in addition to the other skill players that the guy, these quarterbacks are throwing it to, the idea of a defensive player getting it, you would have to do something that's never been done before. Uh, maybe it would take 25 sacks. You'd have to set some type of record, or some hallowed record. Uh, otherwise, I think finishing second – MVP and taking DPOY is the best you could do. I, I also appreciate it as one of the few viewers of uh, Arizona Cardinals in-season hard knocks. J.J. Uh, Watt spent a lot of time in front of the NFL Films cameras over the course of his career. But this was sort of a full circle moment. He was very likable as the older kind of mentor guy and still a total badass, like still the best player on their defense for, for long stretches. So he, he was one of the highlights last year. All right, I'll do it. I think he plays this year. Mm. Sandwich? I mean, I would take that. Yes, yeah, okay. certainly. Yeah. He he and actually, I like it better just too. in this one-on-one setting because I don't, I don't want, like J.J. Watt's broadcasting career. I don't want to go in with two feet on it. But it just makes so much sense if, you know, if the Steelers are 9-6 and six in December and mm. he has a chance to give them that, that little juice on the edge with his brother playing there or insert another team – uh, that that's looking for that one last piece with JJ Watt with zero titles um, pass up that opportunity. There we go. Sandwich. The first sandwich uh, proposition of 2023 right there, Greggy. Well, I still, who, who was the guy you said was coming back last year and never did. Oh, Antonio Brown. I'm, I'm still waiting for that sandwich. I, I gave you that sandwich. It's yeah. sitting on your desk. You haven't been at the office in a couple of weeks. It's probably really smelly. Um, in other news, the, Another guy that you know you can make a case for Canton is Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans, uh, who is you know not in the superstar club. Some pushback. If you do the old Google, Greggy, that uh, we did last year, I did it again uh, this afternoon. Superstar club. There's just so much. There's nothing going on, so everyone's just writing aggregate stories off the superstar club. And Mike Evans not being in got on people's radar. He has nine He's straight. Not even 1, close. Stop. <laughs> he has nine straight. Thank you. One thousand yard receiving seasons. The record is Jerry Rice, who did it eleven straight years. Uh, and uh, he told uh, KPRC uh, that that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get that Rice record. He was also asked about the quarterback situation because. Tom Brady's not there anymore. And Mike Evans has caught passes from bad quarterbacks in the past or mid-tier quarterbacks in the past. That's going to happen this year because it's Kyle Trask, former second-round pick, who's gotten very little run in his pro career so far, and Baker Mayfield, who's basically turned into a journeyman. Here is what Evans said about that uh, underwhelming duo. Kyle's improved a lot. Uh, I'm really impressed with what I've seen with Baker. Uh, Whoever the quarterback will be, you know, I'm – I'm positive uh, they're going to make the right choice, and you know we're going to win some games. Are they going to win some games this year? Well, they'll win some. It's not really a guarantee for Mike. You could win some and go four and thirteen. I mean, this is like the mildest take, hot take possible. But I'm shocked that they're predicted by Vegas to have the lowest win-loss total in that division. That they're like kind of the heavy favorites to come in last. I see that division as more like they're all anyone could win that division, and it wouldn't. Like, the Buccaneers might not be that bad. They won the division last year. I know it was at 8-9, and nine, but they have a pretty good-looking defense. They have a good 
trio of wide receivers. Could they win seven or eight games again? I could I could see that. I mean, the quarterback thing is so ugly uh, that it's hard going into the season believing that you're going to win a lot of games. But the rest of the team is as good or better than the, the rest of the division in terms of the roster. It's not it's not a bad roster. I mean, the core is another year older. It's not 2019, 2020 anymore. Were you like were you overly impressed with the defense under Bowles last year? No. No, I mean, they had their So then you're really asking them to lead the way unless you think that Trask and Baker can unlock this offense. I would think that maybe Evans and Godwin will still eat because they're going to be behind in a lot of games and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So I maybe feel good about Evans getting to his 10th straight 1,000-yard season if he can stay healthy. Uh, But I do do not have a good feeling about this at all for the Bucs. I I – I'm genuinely excited about watching like every NFL team entering the season. That's why I always say week one is, is my favorite week. And then they sl- a few of them slowly get less interesting as it goes. But the Bucks are pretty low. I used to do a watchability uh, rankings thing going into the season. The Bucks got to be 30, 31, or 32 in terms of like there's not a lot of intrigue there in terms of exciting week one teams I'm ready to watch. Yeah, that that's a, that's a tough sell. Um <laughs> Spinning back real quick to the the media minute, um, ESPN made a ton of cuts, by the way. You're, as a football fan, you're going to have a different experience watching pro football coverage. Susie Kolber, Keyshawn Johnson, Steve Young, Matt Hasselbeck, Todd McShay, their draft guy, among the ESPN dismissals, they, you know, they've been cutting back. Mickey Mouse has asked them to really get things um, under control in terms of salaries, so a lot of those are big names. Uh, and all of them are gone. I just want to give a special shout out to Susie Culver as a Jets fan because I um, I'll always have so much respect for how she handled the Namath incident in 2003 when Namath was drunk on air and you know went for the kiss and and how she knew that he had just buried himself and was so kind of sweet and forgiving and you know didn't let him off the hook but also didn't throw gasoline on the fire and make things worse for a guy that was bottoming bottoming out in his life so. Shout out to Susie Colbert. I hope she lands on her feet. I hope she lands with NFL media. And I hope everybody else does too. It's hard out there in this game, buddy. Yeah, it, it's not funny. But the the reason I put Colbert, the, this thing into possibly talking about, because it, it's awkward to talk about people losing the jobs. It sucks. We've had layoffs this offseason and it, it sucks. Uh, was Susie Colbert. Just because she's, she's been there for 26, 27 years. She's a pretty legendary uh, figure. I remember this show that, you, that when they were like launching ESPN two, it was her and and more. And as a football junkie, I would I would always watch that show. Uh, she was great. I don't know. I, it's a it's a it's a weird time in our industry. We're just trying to stay afloat. Yep, absolutely. And uh, like I said, I hope everybody lands on their feet in short order. Uh, Jawan Bentley, in other news, linebacker uh, signs a two year extension with the New England Patriots. Uh, so he's sticking around, Greggy. Uh, you're a Bentley guy. I just you. I could tell you're a Bentley guy. No, I'm real. Well, how else I could was, he possibly be in the news rundown? Go well, ahead. I know it was. I said it could be a quick one, but uh, I'd never been so wrong about a guy as Juwan Bentley. What a stiff he was for the first couple of years. <laughs> Another guy that Wes. It reminds me of Wes too, because we were like, "What does Bill Belichick see in this guy? He cannot stay on the field on passing downs. He was just getting killed, and he stayed and he stayed and he's gotten better and better. And he had his best season last season. I think he might be a, a team captain. And so Belichick saw something uh, where we didn't. This defense, it's pretty deep, Dan. 
on paper, it looks pretty good. I don't know about building around defense in 2023, but on paper, uh, it looks pretty good. And Bentley got that, got that like Patriots. It it looks like a good deal for the player, but it's really not going to look that good in a year or two type of deal. There are people that are using permanent marker to etch the Patriots in and last place in the AFC East. I am not one of those people. Maybe I'm using pencil if I had to do the order because eventually you can't just say it, you know, you can't just say, oh, you know, the Patriots, everybody's sleeping on the Patriots. Uh, You have to then look at how you see things. And I do think the Dolphins could be a very good team. I think the Jets have the potential to be a very good team. I think the Bills obviously are still a contender. But would I be stunned if the Pats are hanging around 500 in November and have a chance at the playoffs? I wouldn't be. There's still too much. There's too much good there, um, even if it's no longer great or special, as I've brought up in the past, Greggy, to totally write them off as I'm not saying Super Bowl contenders. But, you know, I think what you're alluding to with Mac Jones, who you have as a making the leap candidate and defense and a Belichick who's, you know, got his back up against the wall a little bit. Yeah, the Pats could be frisky this year. And Belichick's been laying it on thick. Like, he he said something this offseason, how he didn't think they really had their... Even though they won the Super Bowl in his second year, he didn't think they really um, became who they were until year four of a program. And that's when they... And I, and I kind of agree as a Patriots fan that that was the first real great Patriots team, 2003. And people thought he threw that out there now as if this is like year four of the post-Brady program that he's had his time to set it all up and now this is where it all pays off um eric from behind the virtual glass says lawrence taylor won in 86 last defensive player of the year eric dickerson came in second that year uh eric can you jump in real quick i mean and by the way lt fans out there is like how could you say jj watts the best defensive player it was lt of course well like by everything i heard that's absolutely true i'm sure he was the best i was like seven how can i possibly say that he was better i'm saying based on what what we saw um thank you greg i yeah just that was on my mind ever since the it's okay it's okay it's your first show back you're hot you're hot as a a pistol and i like it uh eric just want to let you know you obviously you're doing a great job so far um okay in the producer chair um last week i caught some i caught some heat on on twitter uh, okay from, from bills fans uh, because I said in a conversation that they had not gotten to the AFC title game under McDermott yet. Right. Which apparently they did. You are the biggest Bills fan I know. You know, I saw that too, but I understood what you said as you said, get back to. They hadn't been, they haven't been in two years. Oh, uh, no, I very 20. clearly, yeah, I, oh, okay. okay, misunderstanding there. I clearly said that they hadn't made it to the AFC title um, game yet, but they got beat in 2020 yeah, by yeah, the, the team. Uh, so, I, th- I was game. checking in in case, Eric, you had heard it, but you didn't want to jump in. When there's an egregious error like that, please. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I did. I th- see, I know. saw the comments too, and I thought it was – I understood it as because you, you stopped and you're like, this is weird because we're saying get back to or get to. It's like get, right. they haven't been. They I mean, Yeah, they got you know ousted early the last two years. So, yeah. But, yeah, the, the 2020 year, I block it out from my memory anyways. That It was also second. COVID. Uh, the yeah. Bills kind of didn't really show up for that game. I know they scored some points, but it wasn't particularly competitive. So I, don't uh, I think it's fine to forget that game. Uh, before you disappear, Eric, uh, all I need is a record. Buffalo Bills 2023 final regular season record. Uh, need it. Got to have it. Uh, 11-7. 11-6. I mean, six, that's, you yeah, can't yeah. even, yeah, that's just okay. yeah, number run. If it's 11-7, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. they lose their first game of the playoffs. It's 
was a rough prediction here. Well, on the spot, eleven wins. Mark Sessler believes nine wins could win the AFC East, so you know that might it's be a tough that might give you plenty of breathing room. I mean, well, let's talk after Week One Monday night. See how let's see how everybody. Oh feels. my goodness! Isn't it? Marron. I have talked about it. It's like that first week. It's it's gonna be sky is falling for one half. How good is the other half? And it's gonna be by about Tuesday afternoon. I'm gonna be. <laughs> All either right. Either side, it's like oh. How about this, Greggy? Your favorite week of the year, Week One. Monday night football. Bills at Jets. Allen v. Rogers. That's a football game. Yeah. That's right. amazing. Like, and imagine... I'm also glad they're not doing the doubleheader in week one this year. It's just, just that game. We might have to do mm. a special, you know, full team, Hansis, Mm-mm-mm. Eric, everyone involved, Monday night recap, not, not even wait for Tuesday. Yeah, the talking mm-hmm. heads are already salivating, man. A couple of picks on either side, Rodgers or Allen. Somebody mm. maybe throws one late on a two-minute drill and screws over the team. Yeah. I, listen, there are a lot of outcomes. <laughs> one of those fan bases being in a panic feels right come Tuesday, yeah. but we have Definitely. a few weeks still till we get there. Let's take a break, and then we'll get patriotic. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. All right. Listen to that. That's one of those famous songs. The Yankee Doodle Dandy? No. It's, uh, what is that one? Dun, 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 dun. You know, don't do a dismissive shrug of your shoulders just because you're in Japan. I just don't know the name of the song, so I'm just hoping you fill it in for me. I don't know. It's the song we have another job at the 4th of July parade. That's the song. Yes, Independence Day is uh, upon us, a federal holiday in the United States commemorating the Declaration of Independence, which was ratified by the Second Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776, establishing formally the United States of America. England, you can't have us no more. And that's a good job by the Founding Fathers. <laughs> now, so there's, there's the patriotism on July 4th. This is Greg, a very anti-UK uh, edition of the show. I like it. That that portion, yes. I mean, there is a, a naughty history, but uh, the Americans and and the English have become great allies in many ways ever since. So that's the that's that's good. Mm. The U.S. and Japan also very good place these days. Not always yeah. the case. Not always the case. Um, we are in a good place because. This game of pro football, Greggy. Oh man, does it stir the emotions, the pride, patriotism? Mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know where to start here. I have so many options. <laughs> Actually, let, let's start with like a holiday, because because that's um, that's patriotic. And so that was and, the first thing I thought of when I thought of Fourth of July was another holiday. And the the idea of patriotism, it's it's devotion to and vigorous support mm. for one's own country. In this mm. case, for this segment, we're referring to football world, land of football, right? That's what we're. That's what this is, basically. Yeah, well, just football uh, land. I mean, let's be real. Okay, I look being overly patriotic. That's almost a um, a U.S. stereotype. People people think the the Americans are a little too uh, too patriotic, a little too jingoistic. Why, why all those flags every, every? But you can have pride in your country. I'm sure every country has pride in their country. And you know, American football is kind of our sport. I know, I know, baseball, blah blah blah, America's pastime. But that, like, that's everywhere else. Like, this is the thing that we do, America, the best. We are essentially the only. It's dominant. Do it, uh, and so I think Just it's okay to. It. Lean I'm in, saying bro. it's okay to be a little prideful uh, of uh, American football because it is pretty uniquely American. And it makes me think of Thanksgiving, which is, to me, a uniquely American uh, holiday. And that was the mm-hmm. first thing I thought about when just feeling patriotic. Give me here's what I'm feeling patriotic for and, and looking forward to. Give me a little 9.30 a.m. West Coast kickoff on Thanksgiving. To me, that is America. I don't need to... C- cook the bird we're gonna go pick it up 
it's open at 8 a.m. over at the at the place that cooks it for us. So I'm going to go pick it up at 8.30 a.m. I'm going to bring my son. We're going to have some muffins in line. And we're going to drive back. And we're going to get back in time to see uh, the new America's team, Detroit Lions, kick off at 9.30 a.m. You wanted them out of Thanksgiving for years. Now it's come around. And it, it's great that they've kept it. And I do, I do love me a 9.30 a.m. West Coast kickoff on it's Thanksgiving. Great. I just love 10 a.m. kickoffs every week. So that's I'm patriotic for that, too. I just love a, a all-day. 10 a.m. on the West Coast. I know East Coasters aren't, aren't really vibing with this, but that to me is as American as it gets. Full day of football. That I always found having lived, you know, nearly 30 years on the East Coast and now here, you know, 12, 13 years on the West Coast, that 12:30 kickoff, um, that's the only game you, and it was always the Lions, that you're you're feeling like. All right, I can watch this game. I know I gotta, I gotta polish furniture. I gotta do this. I gotta bring the chairs up from downstairs. You know, I have to help out. I have to run to the store for mom. I gotta do this, but I could watch that twelve thirty because the company's not coming over till four. And then it got always got very murky. That middle game was the the cowboy game. I've I've missed it so many times over the years because it's right in the heart of Thanksgiving. And now the late game actually that's popped up obviously in the last decade or so. That that's a better one. That's a great spot because it's like when you're settled after the long day um here on the west coast yeah that morning game that really kind of kicks you into things and then you also get the cowboy game before your company comes over and may i say greg just to get ahead of this a little bit you know you cook the bird one year just do it like it's nice you know what i do you know the zeuser does i have an air fryer outside and i put the turkey in there it takes like six hours or something to cook and i got the tv set up and i'm watching football and checking in on the temperature of the bird every half hour or so uh, you know, hanging out with friends and, and family, and it's a very nice thing to do. It's a nice little combo platter. I mean, Emika's making some pies. She's making some sides. Um, but but no, I'm not doing anything. Challenge yourself. It's yeah. only one life. You're right. I will get through this Just whole once. life without ever kicking a bird. Okay, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what I'm patriotic about? Please. Oh, do you want to sit? No, you have anything else you want to add on that? Because I do no, agree with that's you. Good. Good job. That's good. That's it. Um, I am patriotic about an anniversary. Um, the anniversary of the dumbest thing that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. I'm filled with such pride thinking back uh, to what happened 20 years ago this October. I'm going to read the article from Len Pascarelli. Headline, punter out this week, comma, maybe season. Lead, when rookie coach Jack Del Rio placed a stump of oak and an axe in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room a few weeks ago as a motivational technique, symbolic of his theme to, quote, keep chopping wood, it was viewed as a sophomoric technique by some veterans. Now the move is likely to be regarded as a huge mistake. The Jaguars on Thursday lost Pro Bowl punter Chris Hansen for an undetermined amount of time. ESPN.com has learned that he will be sidelined four to six weeks and could well miss the balance of the season when the fourth-year veteran was accidentally gashed on his right non-kicking foot while wielding the axe. Taken to the hospital for a gash in his foot. I don't think he returned, Greg. 20 years ago that happened. I was thinking there have been crazy stories in the ATN era. This is a very bad memory uh, around this time of year, but I remember being in the newsroom in July um, when we learned that um, and we're getting the details of uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's fireworks accident that cost him a part of his hand. 
Uh, that was more be sad. Careful. Yeah, that was. Do sad. not, everybody out there, do not do the fireworks thing this week. Just don't. It's not worth it. They're not that cool. Go somewhere where they do it and they know what they're doing. Um, that was a terrible, stunning, crazy story. This one is more under the the side of coach's folly and Jack Del Rio, who had some choice words about the insurrection years later. Maybe not totally studying it was him that was behind it all. <laughs> you would think this would have really hurt Del Rio's career. Like, this feels like a borderline fireable offense. But he was around in Jacksonville for a while uh, longer. Got another head coaching job. Still is the defensive coordinator. I had to check. I was like, didn't hurt him at Del all. Rio, is, is, uh, is he still the commander's coordinator? Because they've kind of been I up I feel and like down. he's definitely still but very he is, active. He is. Yeah. He's still there. Um, that was amazing. There's a lot of like if Twitter was around type of stories that you wonder how it would be covered, and that that is high on the list. Uh, let me read the end of the story here, Greg. This, I, I have so much patriotism about this. It's true. Um, it is uniquely Americanly dumb. The accident apparently occurred during a team meeting that the kickers were not mand- mandated to attend. There's your mistake right there. You left the kickers to their own devices. Um, not surprisingly, the axe was removed from the locker room Thursday afternoon and the tree stump will soon be gone as well. Uh, it was somewhat surprising, according to Pascarelli, that franchise officials and the league would permit the tree stump and the axe, given the potential for the kind of incident that transpired Thursday. The stump had garnered plenty of media attention. Final quote from Jack Del Rio, who was sympathetic to the insurrection. I'll find another slogan. The message was understood. The thing was on its way out soon, but <laughs> oh not soon God. enough. It was symbolic more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. He didn't really back off. He said the slogan will live on. He didn't back off. I love Len Pascarelli tries to blame the league on it that they allowed it. What? They they heard some talk about the, the stump and they were going to like make a rule about it? I don't know. So uh, all right. You're up. All right. Um, let's go. Let's go bigger picture. Let's talk Cowboys. I, I actually am feeling patriotic about the Cowboys. I'm just glad. To me, they're they're the America's team for a reason. They're just the biggest, dumbest, funnest team. I'm glad they exist. I'm not a Cowboys fan. Um, there was that great book, Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk, which I really recommend. You're looking something to read. It's kind of a football book, kind of not. It's sort of critical of what a team like the Cowboys mean to America and, and everything like that. And so Cowboys are America. They're everything bad. They're everything good. But, like... Damn it if Jerry Jones hasn't, like, accomplished what he wanted, which is they are the biggest show in town. They are bigger and dumber. They are the show. They are the team that everyone wants to watch. Like, they are America. And uh, Bomani Jones says it a lot. When he goes to a Cowboys game, he says, you want to see America? Go to the Cowboys parking lot. That is true diversity. There is everything in a Cowboys parking lot. There's Hispanic, black, white, everything. There's high income. There's low income. Like there is every different types of fan. Everyone's a Cowboys fan that's in Texas and really all around the country. And uh, there's a lot that's wrong with them, but I'm I'm glad they're there. They, they are American to me. Absolutely. I'm feeling patriotic about the Cowboys. Great one. And, you know, Jerry Jones doesn't have a spotless, um, you know, record when it comes to, you know, things that he's done in his past. But I have to say, um, Jera as an owner and as the guy that, that really stokes the fire of that organization. Um, I, I appreciate him as he enters his, uh, he's in his early eighties now and he will be, his presence will be, uh, missed when he's gone. And I think about, um, the Cowboys and, uh, and as a Yankees fan, like 
people hate the Yankees, just like they hate the Cowboys. And that's good. It's good to have that team that that is very popular, that has a lot of success in their past. But then when they lose, you get this huge, you have the, you know, this segment of mm-hmm. diehards that support that team, but then everyone else can celebrate that team failing. And and the Yankees are that in baseball and the Cowboys are that in football. And I thought it was actually kind of um, interesting uh, when I was doing Superstar Club, when I'm kind of stuck on a player, every year I'll send out a tweet like, is this guy a superstar? And um, one of them I did was uh, for C.D. Lamb, who I think I is responded. a guy. I responded. I mean, you wouldn't know. It was it was all anonymous, but I did fill out that one. I said, oh, what did you say for the record? I said yes for C.D. Yeah. Lamb. I, so C.D. Lamb, I and I put him in. Um, but when 10,000 people responded, 80% said no. And it's not because they mm. were like judging CD lamb is not a true superstar. It's because they hate the f-ing Cowboys and they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want CD lamb to be successful because, uh, CD lamb having great success means the Cowboys are back on top. And I think it's just fun to have that team that everyone hates. Uh, it's so important. And the Cowboys are that, and I hope it is that way after Jerry's gone, uh, because after George Steinbrenner mm. left the Yankees, when he passed away, um, the Yankees don't have that same kind of excitement around them um, in terms mm. of how they're run and uh, just the juice around them. And Jera, for the lack of Super Bowl rings in the last quarter century, they've remained relevant and exciting and a, a team worth talking about. And he has a lot to do with that. So, I mean, he's going to be apparently the subject of a 10-part Netflix series they paid $50 million to. I'm feeling patriotic for uh, NFL Films, too. Still getting it done. NFL Films has made this or or in the middle of this documentary. It's apparently mostly about the 90s Cowboys, not so much about Jerry, but maybe it's kind of focused on Jerry and about the Mm. 90s Cowboys and everything that went on. It sounds pretty fascinating. Um, But I think they'll be able to keep it going because even though Jerry's gone, it'll be in his family, I assume, and, and Stephen Jones uh, will be running. But, even, but there's no greater proof that they're going to stay around forever than if you live through the Quincy Carter era and when they didn't have <laughs> quarterbacks because they were still a big deal then. If you remember right. that, they still felt like big games. I mean, it was annoying that they were always on and stuff, but they were still kind of a big deal, even with Chad Hutchinson and Quincy Carter. Yeah, but I can tell you Stephen Jones is not going to generate headlines like Jared did, well, just like Hal true. Steinbrenner he, doesn't do it the way George did. He is... Uh, in a class of his own in that sense. Uh, it would help if they could, like, you know, get another ring, though. It's mm. You kind of have to have that success, too, to, to stay in that in that realm, and it's been a while now. So maybe this will be the year for the Cowboys. You also have the, um, the quarterback series on Netflix. That's coming yeah. out soon. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I, I I saw that text of yours. You said it looked. You thought it looked great. I I'm gonna be. I'm gonna wait and see. We'll see how this thing looks. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna gobble it up, Greg. Well, I'll, I'll watch it right away. It's just like I watched snort this, it. I watched this Netflix, you know, tennis series Breakpoint too, and uh, like you would think that would be catnip for me, but it was kind of disappointing. Hmm. And then and now that you got my mind thinking about it, Jerry Jones documentary let's let let's let hbo handle that let's do it in about 10 years or so Mm. and get it right let's make it a two-parter and just yeah the fact that it's nfl films is it'll be great uh but it'll be a different documentary than than if it if it was by a different you know right robert Kraft. it'll be really great but it'll be it'll be different the robert Kraft probably has a say in this conversation but jones is probably the most powerful figure in the nfl right 
um, at least amongst the ownership and maybe even including Goodell and the owners, right? I mean, and the rest of the front office. So he's going to have his fingertips on anything that comes out. Safe to say. You know what I'm patriotic about? Holy God. Year four. Justin Jefferson. Mm. Holy like God. Pulled up the old pro football reference. Here is the production for Justin Jefferson, who, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, Greg, but football is an incredibly punishing physical game. I've heard that. I've, I've seen it. Uh, Justin Jefferson has never missed a game in three years. 50 games. Uh, catches by a year. 88, 108, 128. Yards, 1,400, 1,616, 1,809. Yards per game, 87.5, 95, 106.4. Mm. Rookie of the year, second place, second team all pro, second team all pro, first team all pro, offensive player of the year. Then I looked at Randy Moss, who in my lifetime is the greatest receiver that I ever saw in terms of dominance, okay? And yes, sure enough, in a very different world in the NFL, 98, 99, 2000, uh, he immediately just blew the doors off the league, um, finished in the top three in MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, top five twice, um, Rookie of the Year, of course. What what made Moss different um, is his ability to find the end zone as well because he was just unbelievable uh on deep balls he had 17 11 and 15 touchdowns his first three years so while the rest of his numbers aren't quite at the heights of jefferson you have to keep in mind the area he played in uh, mm-hmm. and then look at the the finding the end zone the way moss did so i think moss kind of changed the league fundamentally or kind of uh stood out a little bit more than jefferson rice i wasn't there for his first peak uh nor were you greg in the in the mid to late 80s but he had a second peak in the mid '90s, uh, where he was just uh, unstoppable. But he was, you know, gifted in so many ways. And once he learned the game, when he lost speed, he made up for it in other ways. But I didn't. The way I look at Jefferson is different, also, just because he's just the way he explodes off the screen when you watch him. So as he enters now um, his age 24 season, um, I know a lot of people are down on the Vikings this year. Uh, I understand it, um, and they went 13 and four, but they weren't a true 13 and four. We we all know that. I think they're still going to score points, and I think Jefferson has a chance to almost impossibly get better uh, in year four because he's done that every year of his career so far. Mm, that's a fun one. I um, I picked up a fantasy sports magazine on the way here for Walker at the airport. That's that's one thing I is on the long, my long list of things I'm feeling patriotic for. I love those those early fantasy magazines. Those are just they're still pumping them out, still pumping them out at the airport. Especially the so, early yeah. ones that come out. You you just you want to see some rankings. You want to do you start making your list. At least you know, Walker wants to do that. And we were talking about who to take with number one. There's McCaffrey and blah blah. And I was like, Mm-mm. I don't know, man. Justin Jefferson, if you're in that top top area there i'm just gonna feel good you just know it's gonna work in a ppr league you know it's gonna work you know that's not going down and i think even in a real football setting i think i'd take him over the everyone 
as good as the top of the top receivers are right now, I think I think you're right to feel patriotic. I think he's you're good to take him over everyone. And I think he's got the right – he doesn't have the right quarterback. Not that Cousins is a bad quarterback for him to have. He could have a better one. But I do think he's in the right offense and the right coach that's going to keep just feeding him and finding ways to get him the ball. Yes. Kevin O'Connell uh, will know what he needs to do. And it might be the last year of Kirk Cousins uh, and Justin Jefferson, but whoever they bring in next is just going to have such a huge advantage. As long as you keep Jefferson happy and get him under a long-term deal, um, he's going to make quarterbacks better for his entire career. Uh, you're up, Greg. I mean, and but yeah, those uh, you know fantasy bags. It's just like you're at the point of the offseason where it's like I'm ready to start turning the page. I've had enough of this summer. Let's start. Let's start making some rankings. Love those. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, so many I, big picture ones. I'm gonna go with just like running quarterbacks right now. I'm just feeling patriotic about running quarterbacks. These are some of the greatest athletes of the world. I could combine this and just say I'm feeling patriotic about NFL athletes. Show me a freaking Miles Garrett in another sport, by the way, or a Demarcus Lawrence, or like a DeForest Buckner. I would argue that like the best NFL athletes are just the best athletes, the most impressive athletes. And they don't really exist. No, no, no Greg, other... I wrote about eight LeBron James playing tight end for the Cowboys <laughs> stories on NFL.com in the mid 2000s. NBA's close, but they're not like 275 <laughs> or 290 pounds moving that fast and that big. Uh, maybe a couple of them are, but, but not many. A, a Giannis type is. But to drill down beyond just like specimen and athleticism, uh, I'm patriotic about running quarterbacks. This is the this is the league I wanted to see for for so long. It really has changed. I think we we almost take it for granted because it happens slowly. But right now we got Lamar, we got Josh Allen, we got Jalen Hurts, we got Justin Fields, we got Anthony Richardson coming in, we got Daniel Jones lighting it up, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler and Herbert. You almost don't even think as a ru- running quarterback and Burrow, but they have a ton of rushing value. They really don't make pocket quarterbacks anymore. I went back, Dan, and looked at the QBR uh, rankings because they have a rushing value list back about 15 years ago. One year, 2007, there was one quarterback who was above a 10 in rushing QBR that year, and it was Aaron Rodgers. Right now, we have 11 of those quarterbacks. 11 versus one. One year, David Garrard led the league. David Garrard! I had a number around that Geno Smith had in rushing value. Literally, there was a year, like, not that long ago, where no quarterbacks had rushing value. And then you even look at the top shelf guys like Vic and Cam Newton, who were always exciting, but they were outliers. Even compared to those guys, the very top of the top, which is basically Allen, Hurts, Fields in terms of his running, and Lamar, you know, when he's healthy. Like, those guys are even at another level just in terms of the volume, even compared to Cam and Vic. So... The, the league did change. They don't really have uh, pocket quarterbacks anymore. They have some Kirk Cousins types, but they're not coming into the league. So I'm feeling patriotic. Like the, the league we wanted to see where the league kind of met the best athletes where they were is, is happening. It's happened. Yeah. And you, you could do an entire, you know, sociology class uh, course about the evolution of the running quarterback and what took so long. Um, and, and and uh, you look at Randall Cunningham as an example, at least in, in our lifetimes, he was the, the first example of the guy that could do that. And every, he blew everybody's mind, and he was a huge star, even if it didn't last too long. Then he resurfaced with the Vikings, 
kind of forget about that. Years later, not as a that known as that super athlete, and then tore the league apart as a uh, mostly pocket passer. Should should have. Yeah, one of the great teams that never won the Super Bowl, those 98 Vikings, uh, with Randy Moss as a rookie, uh, tying it all together. But then you had him looking at it, and then Steve McNair came along, and Air McNair, he moved the ball with his legs. He won an MVP with Peyton Manning 2003. But, you know, then it's kind of quiet. Then Vic shows up, and Vic kind of lights the league on fire. But we still haven't had a true revolution. Yeah. Maybe it was, it was like Cam. one at a time. It was like one at a time, though. It's That's like what I mean. Cam, like you would yeah. think it's not like there wasn't these flashpoint moments where it would have happened. And I think that also you can look at it. What I mean, there's so many layers to it, um, including how college was developing these guys and letting athletes play quarterback and, and play like athletes, not just path passers. Um, that it wasn't really I feel like until around Cam, who was first overall in 2011, where you that you finally got like a steady trickle, and now I feel like the faucet is just turned on, and most of these guys are coming out of the league um, with that with this dual threat capability, and it's just like it makes sense. It makes it makes a team so much harder to defend when you have that quarterback and can do it all, and uh, he'll be Justin Fields is like that that before he got hurt at the end of last season. Name me a more exciting player to watch in the league than Fields uh, in November last year. Right, and. Even the guys, like, I was surprised when I looked at the QBR rushing value, guys like Mahomes and Burrow, who you don't think of as runners, are still running so much more. The the Russ RG3 luck year actually, you know, had a chance to really inject mm. a lot of athleticism, and they, they ranked pretty high, especially early in this group. People forget Russell Wilson had a couple really good rushing years, uh, but they didn't build offenses around those guys' as rushing. They, they were just efficient running when they needed to, other than RG3, and now... Now it's just a huge part uh, of these offenses, and it make it makes it a lot more fun to watch. That's why I'm feeling patriotic. And RG3 is 2010, right before Cam. So maybe RG3 is another way to look at it when the – oh, no, he was 2012. 2012. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with Wilson, with Tannehill. That's right. Uh, it's, so. that's, how, that's how old Tannehill is. Is that like – I guess it's luck in RG3 retiring so early makes him feel older, but he was in that class. I will never forget – um, being in the newsroom on opening day 2012 against mm. the Saints when RG3 <laughs> scrambled out, uh, turned the corner, and then just went down the sideline, uh, I think untouched for like 70 mm-hmm. yards or something. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And it was like, holy God, Saints. that guy, yeah, it was a 40 32 win over the Saints. It was a huge upset. And, you know, it was just like, this guy has speed, like, it's hard to believe. Um, interesting, good one, Greg. I wish RG three stayed healthy. That would have been a, that was an interesting one of the great uh, what ifs uh, in this particular conversation of these quarterbacks is what if RG three stayed healthy. I mean, his season, his 2012 rookie season, was pretty badass all the way around. Remember when he no, lit up I the mean, Cowboys on Thanksgiving? I I did a weekly column QB index where the whole point of the column was I just watched the, the coaches' film of the rookies every game that year and ranked them based on the week and then based on the season. And as good as Andrew Luck was that year, and Russell Wilson for that matter, RG3 was the guy I put at the top at the end of the season. He had the best season of those three. Um. All right, let's see. What do I want to talk about now? We can go quick. I know. Yeah, I, know, I got um, a couple. You've you yeah, got things I'm, to get to. I'm patriotic about... Like I said, this is the one time of year the NFL hasn't cracked yet. Um, 
So I just want to shout out, I, I got a lot of pride and patriotism about the late June, early July news cycle. Um, Superstar Club is all over. Uh, NFL websites across the world right now. Um, but I want to put my focus on Chris Jones, Chief Star, hmm. who woke up, picked up his phone, and just typed four words in an acronym. I'll win DPOY this year. Mm. Hit send. And he was on every like NFL and sports website in the world for that one tweet. And I just want to give a shout out for the, the power, even though he... <laughs> who, who wrote it? Oh, my God. It was so good. I think it was Rotopat. Yeah, Rotopat's the best. You know, you got Elon Musk, what he's doing with Twitter now, with the limits and everything. Mm -hmm. Ropat's tweet, and then, comma, for absolutely no reason whatsoever, comma, he imperiled his industrial empire while crashing the great communications platform of the 21st century. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. That's a good job by you, Patrick Doherty. Um, But anyway. Jones keeping it alive, though. Jones just like throws out a tweet and uh, it, it blows up and he could win defense player of the year. He wants some money too. we like to get paid for it. Uh, maybe that will get him a new contract if he wins DPOY, but a shout out for being able to just write four words in an acronym and be the biggest NFL mm. story for 24 hours. Yeah. This is the time to do it. If you want attention, like this would be my strategy as a social media coordinator or like a publicist, like go big doing something at this time of year, positive. Unfortunately, at this time of year, it's always uh, often uh, negative stories. But this this Chris Jones calling a shot is a, is a positive story. I do worry a little bit. He's coming off a career year, I would say. I mean, he's had a great career. Right. He actually is going to get some Hall of Fame consideration if he keeps this up at, at this pace, the way he's been going. But I would say last year was the best year of his career. So can't can he top that? That's tough. Um, one last addendum to this. In his replies, someone wrote, you might need damn near 20 of them thangs. <laughs> referring to, I believe, sacks. And then yeah. Chris Jones, once again, you know, very Spartan in his cho- in his wording. Because, you know, again, you don't need to write a lot here. Just enough. His response, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, it could have been, because I don't know how he said it. Like, if there was an inflection, it could have been like, okay. Or it could have been like, okay. Like being a jerk about it, or okay, like he's gonna. I do think it. I yeah. I think that's an okay, okay. I'm gonna do it. I think it's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what. Okay. All right, I got one more, Greg. So, uh, <laughs> I know you probably have four hundred more. No, I got go too ahead. many. I could go fast, but I got two I like left. Uh, but I'll do the I'll do a speed round here. Uh, number one, uh, shout out to DAZN out here in Japan. Game Pass is just on DAZN. DAZN's showing uh, live games all over the world. I didn't know about that. You know DAZN at home? D-A-Z-N? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I mean, uh, we got to hear. You, you can watch the uh, Tokyo like Swallows. The the local... Isn't that like an MMA de- destination? Right, but, yeah. but here you can watch, you know, the local baseball team. But Walker noticed, like, we got NFL Network over here on DAZN, and we got Game that? Pass. And that I Googled it. It's it's all over the world on DAZN. You can, you so can have uh, Game Pass. You're patriotic about DAZN. I'm just saying that was like, nice job by DAZN. You can watch some live football over here uh, in Japan. That's good. Let me write this down. DAZN, Uh, that's a good job by you. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, the Bucks cannons. I like the cannons that they fire off. That's good. Uh, I like that Madden is still going so strong. Uh, my, uh, Walker getting a lot of airtime today, but he's addicted to, to the video game Madden now. It's like it's still going strong. Uh, shout out to the Bosa brothers. Famously bad in interviews. Not a Very fan bad. of their politics. Like there's few people in the NFL I'd want to hang out with less than the Bosa brothers. Uh, but we never talk about them. Uh, how about delivering? I just watching them. Like Kyle Shanahan says, Nick Bosa is maybe one of the smartest players he's ever come across. These are top no, five picks. He was joking. He, he was serious. But in terms of like their hand usage and power, yeah. and like if you're into that, like they deliver. They were top five picks who are absolutely studs from the m- minute they enter the league. Joey's got to stay healthy, but like they look like they're gonna go with a power move and they swipe. Like they are sure. technicians. So shout out to the Bosa brothers. They just seem very uh, American. Where was, Nick, not, where was Nick where they needed to stop 27 nothing though? Or Joey, I should say. I mean, he's he's one. Well, that was Nick, uh, one one player. But, I mean, Joey, by the way, is kind of a Sammy Watkins all-star right now. Uh, d- drafted in 2016. He's only 27 years old as of this taping. Somehow, Joey Bosa is only 27 No, years Joey's old. the one that couldn't the get the stop with the rest of his teammates. 27 nothing. Oh, you're right. I'm an idiot. I thought That's you were right. talking about the uh, NFC Championship game. Well, that was close to 27 nothing. Uh, <laughs> I think Joey was hurt for that game. He missed most of the last season. You got to stay healthy, Joey. But yeah. uh, those, are, those are great football players. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with um, a larger point. All right. Football. The dichotomy of football, Dan. I'll try to make this quick. No, let's it, end with this one. I like this. Go ahead. We're going to end. It appeals to everyone because... It's, it's sort of the biggest, dumbest spectacle of a sport we have. A sport that, like, my mom can just kind of jump in once a week. You don't have to know that much about. Or my 8-year-old son can jump in, and they like the hits. They like the action. They like the touchdowns. And it's their favorite sport. It's my mom's favorite sport. It's my, my son's favorite sport. But on another level, it's sort of the hardest sport uh, to understand. We, we cover this stuff every day for mm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I will never totally understand it. I mean, in terms of the way that every play and everything that you would need to know to understand what happens on every play, it's basically impossible. And even if you are a coach and you do understand it on the most granular level possible, even for those guys, it is always changing. It is always evolving. It is always changing from one year to the next. So you have to stay totally on top of it or you get left behind it. And even those guys who do stay on top of it, they can't be watching every snap of of the defensive tackle of every team. So it's sort of endless. That's why we love the Baldies of the world because they're at least out there trying to see and know everything. But even Baldy would admit, like, he can't be watching everything. He doesn't know everything that's going on. So it works as this basic sport uh, that appeals to everyone. But it also appeals to the connoisseur, the, the person that mm-hmm. wants to dive in and be as smart about it as humanly possible. I think it's a sport for, for those types too. And you will never get to the bottom of it if you want to just study it as like an intellectual exercise. So it works on both fronts. And oh, by the way, it rates. Oh, yeah. We love football! It Let's puts football. the meat in the seats. And I mean both at the stadiums and on the couches. Yeah, that's so true. I I loathe to even bring it up because it's my least favorite thing. Um, The you never played the game card Mm -hmm. that a a pro athlete will play with with the media. Um, But it is honest. Football is the one sport where you really 
these guys that come out of the league and then go into broadcasting, if they do it right, they have such a huge advantage. I think that's part of what made Tony Romo so great when he first started is because he knew the league. He was just in the league and he was just dissecting it because he had kind of mastered the, the sport from that side of things. And then he was bringing it to the audiences. And like, if you, if you love to try to like learn about the league in a different way, when you have somebody like the young Romo broadcaster, throwing that stuff at you it's like catnip um but it's also you could tell and i don't want to bring up any names the uh, the guys that try to coast on that and then they get further mm-hmm. away from their playing career and they they tell themselves so quickly and they're almost betrayed by the this thing like well i played the game so i don't need to do the work like if you don't keep watching and trying to learn where the league's going because how much is greg how much has football changed since when we start doing the podcast uh, to where right. it is now, it's, it's that's what it's, I mean. That's it's remarkable. Why it's not that basketball doesn't change; it changes. But I, I think schematically, in terms of football coaching, is the completely way it's different than basketball. <laughs> it changes. Baseball, I mean, it doesn't change as much. Baseball doesn't change as much. And even to the point of those players who really do understand the X's and O's better. One thing I realized being young doing this is like, yeah, they might understand all that, but they don't know like. The 32 depth charts, they, they're they not really following along if, like, this guy is having a great season and this guy isn't on a season-to-season basis just because it's it's impossible to cover everything. And that's why, it to me, it's a it's a great sport to cover because it's endless. It is. Good one, Greggy. Um, again, it's 4th of July here in the United States, and everyone be <laughs> careful. Still- we still went over an hour. We managed to turn. We honked for over an hour. Everybody have a great time uh, with their friends and family. Um, and uh, Greg, uh, please uh, get home safely with you, uh, your family, and enjoy the rest of your trip. Um, we'll be away, like I said, until um, a week from Thursday. So this is the only time of the year where we're dark for this amount of time. Uh, and then um, we'll slowly start to ramp things up and we have a big year coming up with a lot of exciting things that have been going on behind the scenes greg how many meetings have we been in at the old mothership and phone calls and things that we usually uh, try not to be involved with because we like to be a uh, self-sustaining organism but we've been mm. working hard as we look to figure out what is the next stage of around the nfl as we enter decade two and we're excited about what's coming up we're not going to share everything right now but we're excited yeah, we have been we have planned more this off season. Maybe that's a sign of our maturity. I, I think about what's coming up. Maybe not uh, than any off season I can remember. And uh, if you like around the NFL, I think it's safe to say there will be as much or more around the NFL content for you coming up this season as, as ever before. If it's not, <laughs> if it's not crap to us, it won't be crap to you. We're gonna put the work in, and we're gonna continue. We are. One mm. day that could be an NFL slogan. You you like doing that, you know? That could be your NFL slogan. This Maybe uh, if uh, we we care and we are looking to keep this thing going in an exciting way. So, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, enjoy your time with your family. Um, Mark Sessler, I hope you're good out there wherever you are, buddy. I think he's back on a boat. He's on the sea again, which is foreboding. Shocking but- turn of developments is Mark becoming a seaman, but. all right everybody i like it um yes happy fourth of july until we meet again you know what you gotta do heed the call
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 